Welcome into Bills Tonight Digital, presented by ECMC. Maddie Glab here with Bills legend Steve Tasker and the Buffalo Bills move on to beat the Miami Dolphins. Uh, seven straight wins against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Big time for Buffalo to be able to pull that out with the way that the game started for the Buffalo Bills. They go into halftime three to three, uh, converted only one of their first, one of their third downs. They had five first downs in that first half. And in the second half, thankfully, the Buffalo Bills offense came alive. We're able to put some scoring drives together. 26 points on the scoreboard at the end of the day, 11 points by the Miami Dolphins. The Bills defense hung in there strong. They had a, a couple nice three and outs. Jordan Poyer had an interception. Ed Oliver had quite the day. The Buffalo Bills also move on to 5-0 after the bye week under Sean McDermott. So again, after the game finished, once fourth quarter was over, you look at it and you say, okay, they were able to put this game together, but the first half gave me a pit in my stomach. <laughs> yeah, it took them a long time. Both sides of the ball got off to a slow start. It looked like they came out of sleep after the bye week. Both sides, however, did shift gears in the second half. The Bills looked much better on offense and much better on defense. Had some signature plays in this game, but most of them happened in the last two and a half quarters of this football game. And the only the, the second half of the second quarter was just the defense. The offense, it took all the way till the second half for them to come out of it. Their backs were against the wall. They needed to do something in the second half, and they were able to. The signs of a good team, even though they struggled in the first half. But let's get to those highlights. Relive some of the tough plays and some of the great plays. <laughs> Started in the first quarter. The first quarter was absolutely boring. Is the worst quarter of football of the <laughs> season. Couple of plays. Josh Allen, this run, that was nice. It set up this next to 57-yard field goal, one of the longest in Bills franchise history. Tyler Bass, that's good bass right there, but that was it in the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, a fumble by Miami. The snap hits uh, Gusecki in the face mask as the Dolphins are driving near the end of the half. The Bills would recover. They go in the halftime, like I said, 3-3. Three to three. Then what happens? On the third quarter, Josh comes out, shakes off a face mask. They find Gabe Davis in the corner of the end zone. Nice eight-yard touchdown. That gives the Bills the first touchdown by either team of the game. Josh Allen standing strong in the pocket. This game got a little chippy. But the Bills got this lead, and he thought, okay, now it's going to open up. Yeah, we move into the fourth quarter. Josh Allen hits Stephon Diggs for a 19-yard touchdown to put the Bills up 17-3. to Stephon Diggs punts it into the end zone. And then Tua, a one-yard touchdown run. They went for two points. It would be 17-11 to Buffalo Bills. And here's Tua Tungvaluwa back to throw. Jordan Poyer intercepts the ball takes it close into Buffalo Bills territory. You can finish us off here, Steve. Yeah, and then Josh, of course, after the interception, Josh finishes off with a nice, hard seven-yard run. This game, and Josh was not happy. Took a couple extra shots, getting a little chippy there in the pocket with Josh. All in all, Bills end up winning it. Um, by a comfortable margin, by 15 points, yeah. But, man, it did not feel like that. The Bills did not play their best. They still won by two touchdowns. You can feel good about that. But you got to feel also that it's time for the Bills really to turn on. They did not play a good game today, and they were still able to win. It's a mark of a good team. Yes, definitely. Well, Josh Allen is at the podium with Deion Dawkins, his left tackle. So let's send it over to them to hear their thoughts about this one. I mean, just the lack of opportunities that we had, and we didn't take advantage of the opportunities that we did have. Um, you know, early on, missing Steph on that third down, they brought zero, had a chance to hit him. Just things like that that just kind of stalled us. And again, we went into halftime, and you could tell we weren't happy. Um, 
you know, and we found a spot where we can kind of get into a groove in that second half. Our defense played phenomenally. Um, you know, it, it credit to that, them. They kept us in the game, and uh, we were able to kind of get back into it and, and help them out. Josh, you guys have a lot of different weapons. It feels like every week we're probably talking about somebody different, but what did Cole Beasley bring to the offense today? Because it felt like in every big moment you were looking for him. Consistency. You know, third downs especially, you know, a couple third and longs he, he converted. Um, he's just a guy that kind of does his job, and, you know, he hadn't had a lot of opportunity in the last few weeks. Um, teams were kind of keen on him, playing funnel, trying to force him inside with help. Um, and finally, he, he got some opportunities that he made some plays for us, huge plays that helped us move the ball, uh, move, the, move the chains on third down and long, and allowed us to kind of get the ball in the end zone there. So, uh, again, any given week, that's, guys understand that. It could be their time, and they got to be ready to go, and he was today. Was there a pre-snap look they were giving you where you were just automatically going to either swing or bubble because it looked like they'd give you a look and you knew where to go right away? Was that kind of your answer to that look? Yeah, and it took us a, a while to get there. Um, they had a really good game plan. That's a really good team. I don't care what their record says. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we had to come out and find a way. You know, we had to adjust. They, they, like I said, they had a good game plan early, and it just took us a, a while. And, again, it, we got to find a way to do it earlier and not put ourselves in a bind like that, not rely on the defense to, to go out there and make plays like they did today. Um, so, again, just quicker adjustments by me understanding what the defense is trying to do and get us into a good situation. Josh, how did you think the uh, offense kind of adjusted and not having Dawson Knox out there for the entire game? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Tommy stepped up. He made some big plays for us. Um, and I don't know what his stats were, but there was a, there was a big first down conversion that he had. Um, you know, obviously the crossing route he got too, but in the blocking, in the run game, he blocked extremely well. Um, but again, missing Dawson, he's, he's a dynamic player that guy's got to worry about. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get him back soon, but I thought Tommy did a really good job today. Josh, obviously you want to start off faster than you did today, but how important is it that you show that, you know, you guys are able to, when you don't have the start you want, you are able to make those adjustments at halftime? and grind it out and come out in the second half and play the way you did. Yeah, it just shows a lot of res resiliency on our side of the football. Um, again, we know the first half, that, that's not up to our standard, like Dan was saying earlier. And we, we had to find a rhythm and get, get into it and kind of run some of our core stuff to, to, to get us going. Um, but to that point, again, we got to get that going earlier and finding a way earlier and um, forcing them to be one-dimensional. Because you see our defense, when that ball's in the air, mm -hmm. you know, they go get it. Uh, you, know, you guys kind of shuffled the deck a little bit, Dion. Um, you know, you had Bucker on your side. John flipped over to the other. I know you've worked with Ike before, but three guys moved with one guy out of the lineup. So just how is the communication up front today? Uh, it's very good. Cause, uh, and the guys that are in have been in. You know, I played with Ike uh, last season towards that, that final stretch. And, uh, you know, like all of us are on the same page. Everybody in that O-line room knows how to talk, how to talk to me, how to talk to Mitch, how, like how to talk to everybody uh, across. And uh, I think that that just plays to our advantage that we have great depth here on the Bills. Josh, how much did Jake Kumaro's recovery in the end zone on that punt kind of light your fire on offense? Uh, that, was, that was a huge play, obviously. Um, you know, we don't want to do that. You know, and uh, again, Coombs just one of those guys that is – as consistent as anyone on the team. Mm -hmm. He does what he's asked to do. He doesn't complain. Uh, he comes in and, you know, he'll catch a pass or he'll go in there and, and get his nose dirty in the box. So, um, you know, players like that that are just consistent, always in the right spot, tend to make those plays. And, you know, that's, uh, that's what we saw there today. Josh, Josh, Josh is the seventh consecutive win against uh, the Dolphins. Uh, 
what's the significance of that for you? Um, I mean, I, it's just we're five and two. Um, you know, that, that's all we're trying to do. We're not. I said this in the press conference after the game. We're not trying to be the best team in the league every Sunday. We're trying to be the best team on the field that we're on every Sunday. So uh, we got to find a way, and we did. Um, early on, I know I'm wearing the Phil Mickelson costume. Um, he had a chance to talk to us early on in this year, and he talked about finding kind of like your zen, finding that, that where you're calm. Um, and early on, I, I've known this for a long time. I don't play good when I'm pissed off and frustrated. And I think maybe that was kind of causing some issues early on. And to that second half, just trying to find that inner peace where I can just kind of go up there and relax. And that's what we did, and we, we did well. Pretty emotional towards the end of that second half. You seemed pretty fired up. You talked about not playing well, pissed off. Emotional there, just from frustrations of the first half, or yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, but again, division games—they're tough. You know, beating a team twice in a season is is extremely hard to do. Um, and I'm I'm super proud of this team for handling it the way we did, especially coming off a bye and the loss mm -hmm. of the Titans. Um, you know, there's a million reasons why we could have lost this game, but. Again, credit to our team, our defense, our special teams, um, and our offense going there out there in the second half and putting together complimentary football. When did that happen? How did that come about? I was, uh, we wanted to do something as quarterbacks, and I was dreaming on Tuesday night. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I had a dream that we were dressed in, you know, professional uh, golfers' outfits, and what better guy than Phil, you know? But, um, that was in, in the in the pre or training camp. He got to talk to us. It was right after he won to the PGA, and uh, he was right there with, with his trophy in, in the golf cart. He was on the golf course and took about 30 minutes uh, to talk to the team, and it was really cool. How much, I mean, he talked about how he helped you find, like, I think you called it your inner, your zen or whatever it was. Like, uh, can you kind of expand on the impression that maybe left on you and some of your teammates when a guy like that at his age accomplishes what he did and, and is able to convey whatever it was to you guys. Yeah, I think it's just self-knowledge, understanding who you are. Um, I know I don't play well when I'm frustrated. And again, hearing that from you know, a, a Hall of Fame golfer, one of the best of all time, to say that type of thing that resonated well with me, because that's exactly kind of how I feel too. So um, yeah, it, again, it, it helped me today. And you know, hopefully, that'll help me in the future too. Yeah, last one. Yeah, Josh, can you just take us through your two touchdown passes in the second half to Gabe and then to Stefan? Yeah. Um, you know, Gabe found a way to get open. Again, they brought pressure there. Just try to try to make a mis or I escaped, and uh, he was just standing there. It was pretty easy. And then the one to uh, Steph, we had a little post or slant route, whatever you want to call it. Again, they brought zero, and I just knew that I just had to buy enough time to get the ball off, and he was going to go win for me, and he did. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. The quarterback press conference is brought to you by Lombardo Funeral Home. Proud sponsor of the Buffalo Bills. Okay, so Josh Allen was talking about going into this game. He knew the Dolphins were better than their record. The Dolphins are now 1-7 on the season. The Buffalo Bills leading in the AFC East 5-2. and two. And this is something that he is totally right on. You look at the Dolphins from offense to defense, they have weapons. They just haven't been able to put it together. This was a Miami defense who ranked first in the NFL last year at one point during the season. Devontae Parker was up today. Tua Tungvaluwa, uh, before this game, had a great week six and week seven. Uh, ranked top three in a lot of quarterback statistics. He was getting it together. Six passing touchdowns from him. Uh, he had a bunch of other stats. So 
with what the Miami Dolphins were able to put together in the first two quarters, uh, this looked like the Miami Dolphins team that I think a lot of people were thinking it would be with the athletes that they have from offense to defense. And I was wondering, there's going to be a game this season at some point in the year for the Miami Dolphins that they're going to pop off and really show their true colors, uh, show the athletes that they have on their roster. And they did that in the first half. Uh, but Josh Allen in the second half, he said he was able to get it together, said he was able to find his inner peace, his inner zen. What was the difference from the first half to the second half, you think, in the quarterback of Josh Allen and how he was able to really pace the offense uh, and string together some great plays? Yeah, it's interesting because in the stadium, there's this great feeling that the Bills were trying to run the football too much. They didn't like the place. Like they wanted the Bills to open it up and trying to go at them because the, the Dolphins coaching staff and their game plan defensively was to come at Josh Allen hard in the first half. They sent a lot of pressure on him. The Bills had a hard time handling it. They sent the, spent the most, ha most of the first half whipping the ball out to the sidelines to get it out of Josh's hands very quickly. He didn't have time to throw it. And I would give credit to the Bills coaching staff at halftime setting them down and saying, listen, here's what's going to happen. We're going to do, do something different in the second half. Let's start executing a little better. Penalties were a real problem. That's probably been the bugaboo that has been maybe the constant. It's been a little of a roller coaster in other statistical categories, but the, Gills, the Bills had some penalty problems this week. Uh, I think they were 9 for 81 mm -hmm. or something like that. It was, it was rough, <clears throat> and they were timely uh, against the Bills. So the coaching staff getting it together, getting their players on, on task, and starting to get a leg up on what the Dolphins were doing, give their guys a little better chance to do it, and the players executed better. They, I put it on the players in the first half. They struggled to find, particularly up front offensively, they struggled to communicate. Three different guys playing different spots on the yes. offensive line from where they were two weeks ago, and it's not like they had two weeks to get ready. Spencer Brown got injured early this week, so it was in the last four or five days that they knew that they were going to be in this configuration. So it was a really tough adjustment, and it showed in the first half of this game. But they got it together in the second half. Credit the Bills coaching staff for getting a handle on it and giving them some plays that they could actually execute. Yeah, Deion Dawkins was left tackle, Ike Bucker left guard, Mitch Morse was center, uh, John Feliciano right guard, and Daryl Williams was right tackle. So a lot of shifting there in the offensive line. You could see early in the game that their communication was off. Uh, something was not right with those guys. Again, like you said, a short time window for them to kind of figure it out uh, leading up to the Dolphins game. But Ed Oliver, He's one of our defensive linemen who remained strong on the defensive line this, this uh, game. He had a couple of tackles for a loss, had a, had a nice third down stop at one point during the game. Uh, he's on the podium, so we're going to send it over to him. Hit with the Bills. Man, you know what? I just felt uh, free. I was just out there just playing, just feeling free, playing, hitting the quarterback. When you're having so much fun, it's hard to tell how good you're playing. You're just having fun, you know what I'm saying? So kind of felt like a little kid out there just running around, making plays, having fun. What led to feeling so free? Hmm? What led to feeling so free? Was it the game plan? Was you it know, it you know, it's getting it's getting cooler in Buffalo. It's time to play football, you know. So, and then we just had a bye week. Like, how could you not feel good? Like, everybody, everybody should be feeling good right now. How did you not recover that fumble? <laughs> right to, to, to tell you the truth, I think like I had fell on it, and then I think I just tried to get up with it instead of just. And when I tried to get up, somebody fell on me. I was like, oh. Where the ball go? <laughs> now I seen some some old lineman jumping. I was like, dang, oh well. <laughs> so I just think I was trying to get up with it instead of secure. So. I'm trying to score. <laughs> I'm trying to get in the end zone. And you guys were able to hold them down. Mm -hmm. Your offense was sputtering a little bit in right. the first half. Like, right. 
What's the conversation like in that huddle when you see the way the game is going early? Well, like I said, like, man, we're having so much fun and just playing hard. And, you know, when, when certain changes happen or, or the offense has to point or something like that, we just answer the call. We go out there and play. You know what I'm saying? You don't get that many series with the offense like ours, so I be kind of excited when, this, when they call my name. Oh, you up this series? All right, bet. So, man, you just play football. It's ebbs and flows in the game. Stuff like that going to happen, but it's how you play through it and how you react to stuff like that. So, I don't feel like it was any, like, pressure or we, we uh, panicked or anything like that. It was just, man, we got to go play defense. That's what they pay us to do. So, we went out there and played. Early on, you were able to make an impact. Like you're one of those players that if you get involved early, it just kind of snowballs for you. Yeah, well, anyway, I can help. Them impacts, though, they, they kind of do something to you. You know, you once you get one, you hit, especially at home, you hear that crowd go crazy, like, damn, I need another one of those. I need another one. I need another one. I need to hit the quarterback. I need to do something. So just just that feeling, it just, it just overwhelms. You just take over your body. You're just playing so free, just trying to impact, get another one, get another one. So. I just let that take over me and just let that just guide me. Was it just to maintain gap integrity against Miami New? Well, to be honest, I didn't think they was going to come out and stick to the run like they did. But in close games, you you know, close games, they're going to stick to the run. And they, they stuck to it. And we just had to keep knocking it out, keep knocking it out, keep knocking it out. They kept handing the ball off. We keep knocking it out. And, and when they opened up a little bit, you see they had to throw the ball. You see what happened. So, <laughs> All right, that's Ed Oliver. Always fun to hear from him. In the last six games against the Dolphins, the Bills have held the Dolphins to an average of 18 points per game. They hold them under that number today, just 11 points. Uh, the Dolphins also only converted 28% of their third downs, uh, only 262 total yards for them. So when you look at the stats here, the defense did a good job when the offense wasn't producing how they usually do. I mean, our Bills offense has been averaging over, over 30 points a game and against the Dolphins, almost 40 points points a game. Uh, so the defense spent a lot of time on the field today uh, and they did what, what they're known to do. Uh, they were able to definitely limit the Dolphins a lot more in the second half. Yeah, and it, the, uh, the Dolphins you know, they got off to a fast start. They got down, missed their opening drive field goal. It really might have set up, might have changed some things. Early on, there's some plays on both sides for both offenses against the defenses that might have changed the course of the football game. Josh missed the first third down throw and had a huge play, and all he had to do was touch it. They just misconnected, and they ended up punting away on a play that could have been deep into Miami territory on the first third down of the game. The Dolphins come out and convert three third downs to in their opening drive and then struggle the rest of the game. Can't get another third down until the fourth quarter. So they... Both these teams rode a little bit of a roller coaster statistically, and it, it's all, I think it's a little bit about both teams having a really good pass rush, particularly early on in this game, and then it's also about the fact they wouldn't let either of the teams get loose run game. Bills were very efficient. Average some, a, a nice yards per carry in the in the passing game or in the running game, and I think uh, seven carries for 28 for Devin Singletary. Josh mm -hmm. had eight for 55, and of course Zach Moss eight for 19. Uh, it was a really productive day, and for, during that first half when it wasn't going well for either one, I know the crowd was getting really impatient yes. for them to just, you know what, get the four wides on the field and let's go. And they didn't know how to. They tried that, but the Dolphins had a nice defensive series that set, and it set them out of it again. So. Every time either offense tried to adjust in this game, the defenses wouldn't have it and got a play. 
And so it turned into a game that was just a slog fest in the first half. Yeah, thankfully the Buffalo Bills had Cole Beasley today. He went off for 110 receiving yards from 10 receptions. Uh, Sean McDermott is now on the podium. He's now 5-0 and coming out of the bye. A really good stat to have, a stat that a lot of head coaches do not have. So let's hear from him and his thoughts about this win. Yeah, I thought the uh, coaches made good adjustments. Let's start there and players executed. You know, we always hear about that, coaches making some adjustments. I mean, do you have any, whether it be your coordinators or your position coaches, is, can you give any examples of that, that that we could shine a spotlight on as to what the difference was? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, Tim, specifically. I think it's just um, communication that, um, you know, happens between players and coaches first as we leave the field or back into the second or the back into the second quarter and then communication that happens over my shoulder in the locker room and being able to communicate that clearly to the players and you know in a short amount of time is is important um i thought we did a good obviously did a good job of that this week um it, it needs to continue to happen that way so along those lines you talked to josh and uh, you talked about miami came out schematically very good game plan uh, and he talked about the need to adjust to it maybe earlier. But could you expand on that a little bit in that, that process and, and kind of what was going on out there and how your team was able to settle down in the second? Well, I think, um, you know, we were spinning the dial a little bit, trying to find answers and give Miami credit. They, uh, they had us a little bit off balance there in the first half and, um, you know, did some things, quite honestly, that they had success with in that first game, um, but didn't do them as much in that first game as they came out uh, today and, and did so um, but again we we eventually found the answer and found the rhythm and and I give uh, Brian Dable credit and, and the entire offensive staff Sean, is, that a, is that a good step to take or obstacle to clear when you know you are struggling for a good long time in that yeah. game but to find a way to eventually you know get it done and yeah. get the win on yeah. a game you weren't yet your best probably yeah no margins are tight in, in this league uh, every week no matter who you play and and uh, and that's what we have to expect. So, um, you know, the detail is important, the discipline that we carry into every game and us improving. We have certainly a lot to improve on, as you guys saw. And, um, you know, so it's it's important that we bring all that every week. How much, how much of a lift was it when that snap went up, Mike Gusecki and, and Jordan recovered that to prevent them from going up at the end of the first half? Yeah, that was a big... Um, you know, big moment in the game. I don't know if that determined the outcome necessarily, but uh, it was a good momentum shift uh, and a good stop by our defense. So, um, yeah, that's a situation even a couple of plays before that we've got to do a better job with and and uh, and we'll continue to work in that area. Sean, you said that uh, you know, it's not ideal with Spencer being out, like having to move some pieces around. You obviously had to shuffle some things, three different spots. How did you feel like, you know, all those people that were playing new spots performing this game. Yeah, um, I just think overall, uh, I like how they stayed resilient through the game. Um, I thought Miami was doing a good job at the line of scrimmage against us in the first half, um, but our guys stuck with it and uh, and they kept playing, and, and that was good to see. Talk about a, a Cole Beasley's game and just how much easier it is to make those adjustments when you have so many different playmakers to choose from. You know, Diggs and Sanders aren't working today. Turn to number 11, he made the big plays. Yeah, he, he made huge plays. I think the one third down in particular um, in the fourth quarter over the middle there, um, you know, just getting open, line, good protection, and then Josh Josh made a, uh, a great throw over the middle. I can't remember what 
think it was the second to last drive, maybe um, third and long. So it was good to see, really good to see. So uh, he's he's a good football player for a reason, good feel, and Josh knows how to find him. So. John, you were without Dawson tonight. Uh, what did you lose not having him in the lineup, and what did you gain with Tommy Sweeney and Gabriel Davis stepping up and yeah. contributing? Yeah, I never want to be without a guy like Dawson. Um, it is it is good to see. I thought Tommy made some big time plays for us in key moments of the game, fourth quarter uh, specifically. So, um, you know, you give to, give Tommy a chance, he's going to make the catch, and uh, and he did in those situations. So it was good to see. I know it's hard for you to talk about turning points of a game and all, but it, there, there seemed like there was one particular segment that it did turn when Kumaro recovered the muff punt. And I think two plays later, Beasley made a huge third down, and then you were on the way. Yeah. yeah. Touchdown. Did you feel like that was kind of a big change in the way the game was going? Yeah, maybe? really smart play uh, by Jake. Really smart play. Um, I mean, it's important you get on that ball, and or else, you know, it's it's – totally different situation. We're not getting the ball potentially there or, or whatever. It's touchdown them or whatever. So you just, it's important you finish plays in this league, not just for that reason, but but every reason, right? And so, um, yeah, that was a huge, huge play in the game. Coach, Kevin Cheek challenged the community news. Now, you're going into halftime, it's a close game. Do you get with your coaches or do you let your coaches get collectively with their players to figure it out? Uh, I just do whatever I feel like the team needs most, um, you know. So I, again, give the coaches credit; they made the adjustments, and and uh, which was good to see. And players executed. So it's, and this is the NFL. Life in the NFL is every week. Uh, life in the NFL is tight margins, and records don't matter. Um, so you got to bring your A game every week and keep getting better as a football team. Sure. Help but notice uh, Josh's Halloween costume today. Is- as Phil, but he kind of—I mean, he, he, talking to us here, he talked about the influence that conversation back in training camp had on him about learning how to play in frustrating situations. He called it finding his inner zen. Uh, can you talk about how that all? Josh came called out? finding his inner zen. Yeah, those were his words. Um, and dealing with frustration and drawing on that meeting with Phil. Can you talk about how that came out about maybe? Yeah, you know, I think I don't know for sure. I know, I know, um, Josh. I think he has his own relationship with Phil and and. Where they had this little kind of um, volley that they're doing back and forth with one another, but uh, we were able to get uh, Phil through through Derek and his staff, Kevin Kearns, uh, get Phil for a little bit in training camp, and what a special you know moment that was for for me for our team, and, and an honor to you get a guy of that of that stature to talk to your team, and um, it was it was a pretty cool. Uh, um, half hour, 45 minutes, whatever it was. So it was an awesome opportunity for us. Talk about Kumaro's play and Boyer's play. How encouraging has it been for you to see your team come up with so many big plays and big moments? And, and how, how key do you think that has been to your success this year, just those big plays when you needed them in those big moments? It's huge, man. I mean, that's what, at the end of the day, um, you know, the players have to make the plays. Coaches don't make the plays. Um, sometimes we as coaches take them out of position too often, um, but in those in that case, those those guys made huge plays, and um, it's great to see. Um, I'm a lot better better coach with good players like that. Sean, why were you? Sean, why were you, you? I mean, just can you explain why you were amused by the concept of Josh finding his inner Zen? Well, if you tell me what Zen is, then I'll be able to. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. What is that? I don't even know. Uh, yeah, John. Um, I don't even. 
you're confusing me with all these fancy words. Um, maybe you should get Josh back in here and he can sit here. We can, he can tell you what Zen is. Uh, that was a pretty scary first half. But, uh, you know, it is a bye week, so how resilient was your guys to come and get some sort of rhythm coming off a of bye week? Yeah, it's yeah it's, you always worry about that, coming off a of bye with, with um, the time off, time away. And probably the biggest thing I worry about is the game speed, you know, because it's, it's, it's hard to replicate that in practice. I thought our players and coaches did a great job uh, this week in practice trying to give us that with our scout team. Uh, the guys that um, are never talked about, the bottom third of our roster, they did a phenomenal job. Um, trying to replicate game speed for us, so it's good to see. Sean, last question here, you kind of mentioned grinding out this win a little bit and talked about that. In particular, Josh, you know, if the best pitcher doesn't have their fastball, being able to kind of adjust and figure it out and stay in the game and find yeah. a way to win, what did you see from him? Yeah, I th and really, Josh, that's the biggest takeaway from this game is you're not always going to um, come out and, you know, Score, 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 and in, in, in the games, you know, you're in you're in a one-dimensional game. Call it. So this game was um, like most games in the NFL. It comes down to the fourth quarter, and and uh, and I thought that was good for us as a team. Um, now we got to build on it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Happy Halloween. Sean McDermott's press conference is brought to you by Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Western New York, the official health plan of the Buffalo Bills. Sean McDermott was asked about Josh Allen finding his inner zen. I don't think Sean McDermott wants to admit that Josh Allen can find his inner zen. And I think that might be a good thing because that means the quarterback is never going to be truly at peace. I mean, Josh Allen is always a competitor. He's always a fighter. Uh, so maybe that inner zen just maybe truly doesn't exist within Josh Allen, but I would say that's that's more of a compliment than anything else. Uh, I like also how Sean McDermott said they had to spin the dial. Right. There's a lot of teams who try to spin the dial in this league when they can't make stuff work in the first half, when the Dolphins were sending blitzes at Josh Allen left and right, and they were trying to get the run game going, and Josh Allen couldn't complete passes or find his receivers. So Sean McDermott said we had to spin the dial. And what happened? They were able to find some success in that second half. Yeah, and it took them some, it took some time to do it. Miami did an, an, a great job, and you knew they would. I mean, I, <coughs> Brian Flores is a really good head coach. They've got good players. Mm -hmm. And they, they played way better than they did in the first meeting with the Buffalo They didn't Bills. have Jerome Baker today. That's a really good <coughs> defensive player for the Miami right. Dolphins who could have been a huge asset in this game. And the Miami Dolphins on their defensive line, linebackers, go in the game without Jerome Baker, and they still were able to put the pressure on Josh Allen, a quarterback who's usually not phased by pressure uh, when he faces blitzes. He's usually able to step back, uh, throw the ball, find his receivers, because when you're sending an extra person, there's somebody that's going to go unguarded in the backfield, so there's usually answers out there. I think without Dawson Knox in this game, it was different for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. They've had all season with this tight end who's been such a mismatch. Five touchdowns for him. They go to a game without their secret weapon to start the season. They kind of have to figure it out. They try to use Gabe Davis in ways. Tommy Sweeney did come in clutch in a couple plays. But it was Cole Beasley who really shined in this one. It was interesting because Cole Beasley, Beasley goes to the top of the chart, has 10 receptions for 110 yards. This is the first game I think of the season where Emmanuel Sanders got shut out. Yeah. Um, had zero. Had four, four targets. targets, zero reception. So you knew they, the Bills, and credit to the Dolphins, they kind of forced the Bills to beat them left-handed. 
and the Bills were able to get it done. Josh Allen, the leading rusher, like back in the old days of 2018, he, he had uh, five or eight rushes for 55 yards. Of course, he had the long one of 34 yards. He kind of set it up yeah. to be that way. But they hung in there with the run game, no question about it rushing for 25 rushes, uh, which is about where you want to stay. Uh, I think that's where this team wants yeah. to run the football. There's only a couple of those that were called rushes. Even his long one was a scramble more so than a rush. But so, uh, it, it does make a difference. Yeah. So quick before we wrap up, uh, the Bills face the Jaguars next week. They will go to Jacksonville to face them. The Jaguars are losing to the Seattle Seahawks right now, 14 to nothing in the second quarter. What's something the Bills need to go back and, and kind of work on this week in practice? One of the things I'd love to see him do is cut out the penalties. Yeah. Now, some of the, the crowd was going crazy. They were hounding the referees as well because there's a couple of them, yeah, okay, I can say there were some marginal calls. Even so, the Bills have got to do a better job in that ledger. If they can do that, they'll keep hamstring. There was a couple of drives, at least one drive, crucial drive, that was perpetuated by a bad penalty uh, by Vernon Butler, actually. And, and if you're going to do that, at certain times it's going to come back to bite you. In this game, it did, but they were able to overcome it. Yep, clean it up for week nine. That's going to do it for us. Uh, if you want some more highlights, more breakdown of this game, and to hear from more players, make sure you tune in to MSG at 11.30 for the full version of Bills tonight. For Steve Tasker, I'm Maddie Glab. We will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful rest of your Halloween evening.